get into gate episode 233, talking Stargate SG1 and a little bit of Stargate Atlantis, if you don't mind. My name is Mitch. Joining me, Matty Gibson. We're going over the other direction. Put your raincoats on, guys. (laughs) Oh, dear. Brendan, let's peg us. Cover up, Brendan. Peg us. Unless you guys want to get pregnant, you got to get some kind of protective coatings going on right now. Stop you there. God damn it. What do you say? Don't threaten me with a good time. (laughs) Here we are. The Pegasus Project, which I said a couple of weeks ago, looking ahead of this episode, that I had exactly zero memory of SG-1 having such a a crossover element or storyline with Atlantis. Because I didn't watch Atlantis. I'm watching Atlantis for the first time now. So the idea of watching this for the first time 15 years ago or whatever. You would have seen Rising. She would have blown my mind. And then saw this like a year and a half later or whatever it was. And like, oh, those guys. Yeah, McKay. Oh, yeah, I remember McKay from Mm. season six or, you know, whatever. Mm. And uh, sucking lemon. Then we get get (laughs) this bad boy, which uh, I better go back to the And just a banger. Wasn't it? It is. It really is. It's like um, one of the best ones in like probably both two seasons yeah. of Atlantis and Stargate SG One. You know, I could also say probably the best episode of like season nine and ten of SG One. <clears throat> yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah, like it's know? pretty good. Yeah. Definitely the best we've we've seen so far. Mm. And I kept getting confused as to which show that I was watching. To be fair, because yeah. I'm sitting yeah. there like the other week. I said, you know what. I say it every year. This year, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, every week. I'm going to like do my rank weekly. And as I'm watching this, I'm like, oh, this is clearly the best SG. I mean, you know, we're yeah. only two or three episodes in, but this is the the, the best SGA episode. Oh, hang on, no, it's not. I'm due for my it's weekly not SG, rank. Actually, not SGA. It's SG one. Oh, mate, if you want to just duck off for yeah. you know a couple of minutes and <laughs> just sat- do it in the corner. You Saturday know. morning. Yeah, Saturday. absolutely. So, get amongst it. All right, the old synopsis. We're back to the um, box set. Ooh. Of uh, as we've been told to call it, um, in 2023. <laughs> I'm pretty sure if you look at the side of it, it says box set, motherfucker. Yeah, but we're just comparing box sets Five now. Disc to, uh, sets. This is the fat oh, box okay. set, but then we got the thin dick. Why have you got to body shame it? Uh, it doesn't have a body, so I'm not <laughs> body shaming it, it. It has fat. It isn't fat. I mean, talk about the body. <laughs> Marina Baccarin on yeah, the back well, cover. That's what, that's what the back of mine oh, thing looks body. like. So mine, uh, mine looks like the back of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, don't call her a that. <laughs> <laughs> that is a perfectly acceptable pronoun. The Pegasus Project. Talk about a lack Ask of Mitch synopses that. on the uh, DV- these DVDs. This is one line. SG-1 travels to the Pegasus Galaxy and the city of Atlantis in hopes to find a clue to a weapon that can destroy the Ori. That's all you need. That's all. You, I mean, for this episode, in fairness, that is all you need. I don't remember what Insiders is. The next SG One episode. You it's won't an, need to. It's an even shorter one-line synopsis. Oh, that that disproves my point. Then that's a little. Here, I was saying like, well, they you know, they're cooking with gas so much. They're like, we don't even need to like give you a little amuse bouche. We're mm. just gonna say we're in Atlantis. That's all you need to know about this episode. And it's yeah. gonna, it's gonna it's sell enough. itself. Yeah. It's like one of those fancy restaurants that doesn't have a name. They're just like, we don't need to advertise. We don't need to say we have a name. Yeah, this is this restaurant's queef. Yeah. And you need... There's <laughs> a 15-day yeah. waiting period. And it's literally just a sound. It's not even called queef. Yeah. It's just the sound of <laughs> that's... I said last week that I watched... Uh, Pegasus Project, last week's Misbegotten, and Morpheus from two weeks ago on the oh, uh, on the pod. I watched them all <laughs> together. A two-hour sitting, just bang, bang, bang. And we said that they made such a little reference to the idea of, of, of Atlantis being a, a thing at the end of Morpheus that I watched this, and it starts off, Daniel's asleep. 
they're watching him. Like, oh, we better wake him up because he's going to want to see this. And I'm like, oh, where are they going? Oh, my God. Why Why would Daniel be so excited? I didn't even think about it. I'd watched that episode 45 minutes. 45 minutes before that section was <laughs> yeah, when like Atlantis said, was they, mentioned by Daniel just himself. Glossed, it was a glossed over yeah. thing, though. Which yeah. blinking really you miss it. I mean, that's an ad. Yeah. Him saying the word Atlantis is yeah. a promotion for their, for their spin-off. What they yeah. should have done is in this episode, the way they use the Atlantis score throughout of it, throughout mm. it, they should have used that at the end of Morpheus. Yeah, they should have used a little Atlantis when he sting. was. Yeah, they should really. They should have seen him find it yeah. mm. and be like, "Hang on, this like this is Daniel Jackson's storyline. This is do you know mm. why? This is Daniel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's what he's been trying to do for years. Daniel since Disneyland season, since fucking season since six. Mm. Prometheus Unbound. That or maybe was, even yeah, that was the Asama. first time he was. Yeah, um, Asama. Osama <laughs> bin Laden. Yeah. Um, close, close. We got it close here with Morgan Le Fay. Yeah, She's basically yeah. Osama bin Laden of the ancients. Totally. Um, <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say now. <laughs> oh, that's why they didn't do, use the Atlantis thing at the end because that's where you would have needed to fade to black. Mm. But Daniel said Don't Atlantis, and, and then why well, got to be black? Yeah. And then we went to. The Vala scene where she was standing yeah. in front of the Stargate, and that was the the the, the final scene of Cold yeah Memphis. yeah yeah. But you could have if had like flip, a... if they'd flipped those around, and the last thing of the episode was Daniel saying like Cameron going, "Oh, it was such a waste," and then Daniel's going, "No no no, Atlantis," and then the little Atlantis little mm. little push, and then fade to black. That would have got people ten hards. Yeah. To um, or even just explaining it a bit more because she said, "Oh, so you think that you need to go to the Atlantis database, do you?" Yes, that's like she leapt mm. to that conclusion yeah, yeah. Yeah. instead of having Daniel explain it a little bit better. Yeah. Well, especially he could have gone, "No, Atlantis is the weapon." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it could be anything. Well, especially with I mean, these shows were screening back to back on the same night, right? Yeah. So, like, if if SG one, if Morpheus ended with him saying Atlantis, cut to black in the credits. 30 seconds later, Stargate Atlantis starts. If you had a couple of, you know, sort of staunch SG-1, only like the OG, this spin-off shit's bullshit, Daniel mentions Atlantis. What, you're not sticking around to see yeah. what the Atlantis episode's about? And then when mm. it starts, you've and got this you Weir character. <laughs> well, sure, yeah. but you've got Weir, <laughs> who you will soon identify as being the leader of the expedition Atlantis. Yeah. They're like, she's at the SGC. Wait. You're like, oh shit, no, I've got to watch this. That's not the blonde chick from last season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, she's at the SGC. So you're like, oh, well, I've got a time. Oh, hang on, Woolsey's here. Holy shit, I've got to stick around for this. Hang and then on, you come in and watch. She was in season... She was in season eight. eight. She was in New Order, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. They, had, they, used, um, they used the blonde chick in Lost Seven. City. yeah. And then New Order, they had Tori Higginson. Yeah, right. Because then so, New, yeah. New Order rolled straight into Rising. Yes. And then, yeah, she was in both. She would be yeah, somewhat recognisable. Only yeah. just. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but like, what a like, what a three weeks of. Like, I wish that I would have had this memory, but I guess I probably needed to watch Atlantis at the time just to. Because, especially if Atlant- uh, SG1 knew it was coming to its end or something. Like, this really could have been the end game. Mm. The culmination of the, of these shows is they actually need to come together to fight off, you know, their own respective enemies. Um, Ironically, they're actually in-world. They're only three weeks away from finding out they were cancelled. Oh, really? Wow. When 200. When 200 aired, or whatever it was, they oh were like, God. that's when... They um, cut the cake and yeah. it's like, you're cancelled. Oh. That's when Sci-Fi went... Yeah, I think we're done. Yeah. <laughs> what do you see in the cake? Is there any budget in there? No, I didn't think so. You know why? You're cut. Yeah. 
Robert, see how we're we're cutting this cake? That's because you guys are cut too. (laughs) All right, everyone do a lap. Everyone everyone there is cut. cut. (laughs) Don't bother, you're cut. (laughs) (laughs) It really, it, it... in this episode, just really felt like, oh, this is where these shows are naturally building. You know, mm. like, not that I think, you know, the, the the length that the Gould lasted in SG-1 is like the dominant threat. You know, I kind of wouldn't like to have seen the Wraith wrap up in three, but if SG-1's about to finish the Ori, eh, like, they're bigger and they're worse than the Gould, but as far as a narrative, as far as an audience, like, they're not as cool as the Gould. The Gould are the... Yeah. They're, they're, they're the, no no Ori has come along and been bloody Apophis. No. You know? no, one's God, coming, no. No one's coming close to that Gold guy, right? I don't so, even know their real names, these guys. Yeah. No. So no. why would I care? Exactly. Well, until Adria shows up, then it's a different story. Well, yeah. yeah but, but we're yeah. talking about the the prize mainly. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, you're not... Like we know Big Pete, mm. we know Cliff, hey, yep. Poff, Poff Daddy, yeah, Poff, Poff Daddy. <laughs> we know them all. Actual yeah. Apophis. Apophis. Um, yeah. So like, Fuck it just yeah. felt like this. You know, Atlantis was going to help SG One wrap up. You know, these these teams were going to come together, and then maybe Atlantis goes off and has its own Ori phase where they get another new bad guy, or maybe the Wraith don't. But you know, yeah. they came together to stop the Wraith invading the Milky Way and destroy the Ori at the same time. But then the Wraith is still, you know, infesting around the yeah. Pegasus galaxy. So um, it's funny because when Atlantis was conceived, there wasn't supposed to be any crossover. Um, mm, yeah, we talked about it in Rising. One of the whole reasons, like Brad and, and uh, Rob, what they talked about was they didn't want to have another team running around the Milky Way galaxy because then when the end of the world happens, people are going to go, "Where's, well, where's SG One? Mm. Where? Are the, what are these tards doing?" Same way in, in all the Marvel movies, we're like, well, "Where are the Avengers? What are yeah, they, you know, yeah. what are, why aren't they here fixing this?" Mm. Um, this kind of makes it makes you know why. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Um, so there was never supposed to be any sort of crossover connectivity. I don't know if it's because obviously when it was conceived, RDA was still on the show. He yeah. was the, he was the general in, mm. in season eight. And then obviously now in season nine and 10 of, of SG one, they've had to rejig things up, change storyline. Now we're dealing with the Ori. Cause I, I often wonder would, would the Ori storyline ever, ever existed if, um, Jack O'Neill had stayed on the show and mm. they didn't have to do that sort of soft reboot to quote unquote Stargate Command in yeah. season nine. So I feel like this was very much a natural progression. Um, but yeah, Atlantis was never supposed to have any contact with it. They were supposed to be completely separate, kind of like what they do with um, Universe. I was going to say, is that like the, the gamble that they then took going, hey, we were going to do that, we didn't. Now well, they kind of did in season one because they didn't have any ZPMs. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously, Earth couldn't contact us. We couldn't contact them until yeah. the end of season one. Because yeah, by the end of season one, it's yeah. kind of yeah. But now it's like we've got a second Daedalus class ship. It's rocked up here, um, and but I love it. I'm so mm. glad they did because yeah. And you know me, I'm a Star Trek nerd. No Star Trek crossover was ever as good as this episode of uh, SG One. Oh no way! Preach. And this season, I don't actually think this is the best crossover episode. Oh, I think I know the one you're thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> <That's cool>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I I take this one over that one any day of the week. They're only, both awesome. Only because you They're know you know awesome. why I prefer this one over that one. <laughs> oh, I, I I mean I love this one. Yeah. Yeah. There's just there's an important person missing from the one you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. That I can't I can't deal with. Although it is weird that there's no Ronan and Taylor in this episode. You get you get Weir, you get McKay. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of people 
to write for, isn't there? Especially in that briefing. Yeah. You get a little bit of John at the start. Like, you get him, he, he kind of hands over the lemon. Yeah. And goes... Yeah, yeah. Holy which, which shit. by the way, that, that was... Hilarious. I was listening to the commentary. That was an afterthought. Because the other scene where Cam holds up the lemon to McCade again to do stuff later in the episode... That was filmed first. Yeah. So then they went back and did the whole thing with the whole group, and they went, "That lemon kind of comes out of nowhere, doesn't mm. it?" And they came up with it on the spot. The idea that Joe was the one. Oh, sorry, uh, Shepherd was yeah. the one that gave Cam the lemon. Yeah. Yeah. It's just such a great moment. Like they've they've like what just met each other, and <laughs> yeah. already they're Air Force Bros. Yeah. 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 It's like this guy's. Been, I've been looking after him for a couple of years. He's been looking after me. We're both. Like either together, separately, save yeah. this entire base time and time again. But uh, if you want, you can shoot him. Yeah. So also, if you don't want to shoot him, make him in, in insanely allergic to this bad boy. You know, let's the, put him into shock. The like, meta-ness that I love about that though is yeah. is Cam and um, John having that conversation, being like, "Well, you look like you've done pretty well for yourself here, yeah, Shepard." Yeah, it's a good spot. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, just yeah. painted. That's yeah. that's because. <laughs> Ben Browder was supposed to get the role of Shepard. Shepard, yeah, he went for the, it. Oh, the, right. He got it. He got it. The oh, reason, really? The reason he he couldn't do it is because Peacekeeper Wars, Fastgate Peacekeeper Wars, got uh, green lit, so he wasn't available. So then they cast Joe Flanagan. Wow. Oh, interesting. Because I thought he missed out to Flanagan. No, no, he he. Had, well, maybe. I mean, maybe um, Ben Browder had to pull out. Maybe it was down to those two and Browder had to pull out because of Peacekeeper Wars. Yeah, nice. I don't know. But yeah, it was obviously um, a very... So it's, it's really good to see them. Well, I think it worked out for the best. I think so. As as much as like looking at those two, they're very, very similar in a lot of ways. Hmm. Joe Flanagan is Shepard. That's a very yeah. specific sort of look. But then when you listen to this, I kind of would have loved like in an alternate universe yeah. to see a show where Browder was playing Shepard mm. just because of this. The only way to disconnect before Cheyenne Mountain got swallowed up was to set off a shaped charge right at the event horizon. Now that energy spike forced our outgoing wormhole to jump to another Stargate that was relatively close by. And if we can do it again, we can tie up the Ori Supergate indefinitely. Even if you were able to establish an initial connection. We need a nuke, we know. And a dialing crystal capable of... I already of, have one. And if you want to keep the connection open for more than yeah. 38 minutes, yeah, you need yeah, to yeah. find a yeah. black hole in the Pegasus <laughs> this galaxy. This is not our first barbecue, Dr. McKay. I am just saying the yield calculations can be extremely tricky, if not borderline impossible. You may need me. <laughs> Colonel Carter said as much. Ooh. We weren't going to tell him that. <laughs> Just the back of, like, we need to be, that is Cam and McKay's first scene, scene together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the yeah, chemistry, chemistry they have immediately, the back and forward. Mm. I feel like Shepard kind of, because Joe is kind of that surfer bro, skateboarder bro, he's, more a, chill. he's a little more chill about it. He's just like, yeah, whatever. Whereas Ben Browder kind of gets into it, mm. like gets irritated by him and gets and he's already petty with him. He's probably already heard about him. His yeah. Reputation. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Carter spent the last two weeks telling him about yeah. it. Like, but also, I, like you, you say that alternate reality stuff. That's what was going through my head before you said that. Was it would have been too deep of a cut and forward thinking, even on a on a meta referencing level, to have done it last season in that. Um, what was the episode? Oh, Ripple Effect. Ripple Effect. Mm. But to do it now, if there, if there was another episode down the track where there was another sort of, we're running into alternate SG teams of some description and they ran into another SG-1, 
and Shepard is yeah. leading SG one. Not not um not Joe Flanagan as Mitchell, but Shepard was leading the team. Yeah. And they got like Shepard, what are you doing? Where, where's Cameron Mitchell? And they're like, Who? what? He the guy over in Atlantis? Why he's over there? <laughs> yeah, like just right. as a reference point to the people that yeah, you know know that that behind the scenes. So because yeah, I didn't know that either. I knew that uh, like he was in the running. I, I I think I was in the same boat as Brendan. I thought that he just um yeah yeah maybe maybe I'm it. misinterpreting sort of the stuff that I read and the and the interviews and stuff I've heard, but um I think it works out better because he, they ended up reuniting with with um, Claudia Black yeah. anyway, which... Yeah, absolutely. I mean, those two, mm. they kind of get closer as it moves on, but it's... it's um I wish they had have had more scenes together. Mm. Yeah, by yeah, themselves absolutely. With that, because it feels like Vala's just attached to Daniel's hip. Yeah. Unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. Like, yeah, even in this episode, it's like... She, yeah. Why is she, what is she here? What is yeah. she... She yeah. sh- doesn't need to be there yeah. at all. And the like, they even on the Odyssey they fly in. Daniel stands in front of the captain. Did you notice that? And then they're no. all they're all in front of the viewing screen, or, yeah. or it's a window. I don't know what mm. it is. Oh yes, it's a window. And uh, that's the captain's first time there too. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, "Thanks for blocking my view." <laughs> <laughs> well, there, and now we've spoken about this before. Like, obviously, there's the whole you know um, Weir and um, Colonel. What's the guy, the captain, the Daedalus, the commander? Caldwell. Caldwell, yeah. There's the whole thing there about, you know, who's in charge and all mm. those, you know, all that kind of stuff. And we've spoken about it before, even with Prometheus and that kind of thing. In this episode, I noticed when they get to the point where they're deciding to use two nukes at a time, Sam's like, this is what I think we need to do. And then they look to Emerson and he's like, well, I'm not a big fan of bringing the Odyssey in. I've got to, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I think that's what we should do. And then he kind of looks to Cam and goes, okay. And then Cam goes, okay, let's do it. So it's like Cam was actually... Yeah, it's his ship. Well, no, it's Emerson's ship. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. But he had to give... It's like Emerson had to say, okay, that he was willing to do it. But then Cam was the one that actually gave the order. It was like yeah, right. Cam was actually in command over Emerson. Emerson technically was reporting to Cam for the mission. Like, in the same way, um, Caldwell is in command of the Daedalus, but then Weir is in command of, like, the mission. Mm. This was like, Cam was in charge of the mission and Emerson was just in charge of the Odyssey. Have a, have a listen. We only have four devices left. Hmm. And we need two, so let, let me just do the math. Right, so we only have two more shots at this. I'm also concerned that two successive blasts might overwhelm the stabilizer rockets drive the gate closer to the event horizon of the black hole. I'm not crazy about bringing the Odyssey in that much closer. I think it's worth the risk. And then this is where Emerson looks to Cam, gives him the nod and goes, yeah, okay, all right. Do it up. But then, yeah, they need the order from Cam at the end there. So is he in charge? He's he in charge of SG-1? I guess he is. Yeah, yeah, he's SG-1 leader. Yeah. I yeah. guess it just depends on... Is it because he's a full bird colonel? I think Carter is a full bird colonel at this point. She was a lieutenant colonel in like season eight or whatever, when it was just the three of them, like when Jack was a... Um... So I think Cam and Sam are equal rank, but yep. Cam is the leader, of, the SG-1. leader of SG-1. You would assume if they're going to give command of a ship to someone, he's going to be a full bird colonel as well. So the three of them are all... Same rank. Same rank, but yeah, it's, but it needs but to it's be a... Cam, 
Emerson Sam. Yeah. Basically, in terms of this mission, which I found such a f around, but also like in terms of the military. They need but, a clear chain of command. Yeah, but yeah. also quite interesting uh, the way it has to be done. So it's like, yeah, like Emerson can put his two, two cents in, mm. but then at the end when he's like, yeah, okay, Sam's right, Cam is the one that has to give the order. Yeah, I felt like Cam was looking at him going, can we? Like, because he has to, Emerson has to decide... He has the experience if his ship can actually handle that. Yeah. So, like, Emerson has the best interests of his ship at, at heart, mm. whereas Cam has to deal with the entire mission as a whole. Yeah. So, because if you think about that, they didn't they didn't do the okay because Emerson said it. They gave, got the okay because Cam said it. Like, Emerson yeah. said, I'm okay to let my ship go in, but then Cam was the one that had to say, all right, let's do the two-bomb plan. Because I know, I guess the gate was going closer to the event horizon. They had those yeah. those spray things on the gate, but that's not going to keep it... Oh, in, the, the stabilizer rockets. The stabil it's not going to keep it in orbit. Yeah, they were saying it orbit was... Yeah. Because of the bombs. They were degrading. And then, yeah. So they were had, they shape charges? Or they were just nukes? I don't know. Because I felt like... Because they, they were talking about a matter of time. Yeah, they referenced the shape charges. Yeah. I don't know whether they were... Because I just feel like they didn't... Mm, the CGI didn't really show. Yeah. They kind of just covered their eyes and there well, was Well, I guess light. they could probably cover that by the... Um, the shaped charge was to get a normal Stargate to jump to another, another normal, normal Stargate. And then uh, McKay was on the board up. The size of a Stargate is relative. Does he need that much more energy? Mm. So I think that's why they then went, went with nukes. So I guess at that point it doesn't have to be charged because it's just a matter of energy. And they're right next to so each other. So I didn't other. understand how they were talking about the power. Did you get that? It was like 25% of something. And she's like, I knew you would say that. And he's like, well, otherwise you're going to incinerate the gate. Yeah. So like those those nukes, you can you can calibrate them to how how much the explosion can be. So like really? I, I, I did some research. So it's like... Um, they said it's a it's a twenty six megaton explosion is what they're capable of. Right. But you can get them anywhere from one to twenty six in that, uh, in terms really? of how yeah how big you want them to be. As a reference, now I don't know phases. <laughs> um. So twenty six megatons. That's twenty six thousand kilotons. Right. Oh yeah, god yeah. So kilotons are obviously much smaller. You've been on to conversion.com. I absolutely have. <laughs> uh, the most famous, obviously, nuclear bombs like that we know about is um, Hiroshima, Hiroshima, however you want to pronounce it. That was only 15 kilotons. Right. So that was 15 kilotons. One of the five bombs that we had was 26,000 kilotons. Holy shit. And we had five of them. Yeah, they're massive now. Um, Nagasaki was 25 kilotons. Uh, so, and then ours was 26,000 kilotons. <laughs> the biggest... Nuclear bomb humans have ever created was in 1961. It was the Russians. Big surprise. <laughs> uh, it was a bomb called Big Ivan. And it was... <laughs> Drago. It, if they die, they, they die. die. It was a 50 megaton. Dang. So the, the ones that SG-1 has right now are 25. So it was twice the size of one of the SG-1s in terms of its capacity to explode. Mm. They'd originally designed it to be 100 megatons. And they realized there was no way to safely um, test that. So they brought it back to 25 megatons. Uh, but one bomb 
was eight meters long and weighed 27 tons. Oh my God. What? Whereas SG1 has five capable of doing the same thing that are like the size of a coffin and probably weigh a couple hundred kilos. And they were wasting one on the the wraith last week. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Could have just stabbed him in the head and yeah. be done with him. Yeah. Um, yeah, so these bombs can be calibrated in terms of the um, oh, okay. the explosive yield right? Um, that they can yeah, do. Yeah, because I didn't really get that. I'm like, cause, yeah. oh, was it about the shape charge or the direction? Or... Mm. Yeah, no. Not, they didn't do shape charges. Yeah, I, well, I think a shape charge, like... It just ex- it just means it explodes towards the Stargate rather than towards just everywhere. Yeah, rather than towards the gate room. Whereas when you're in space, I don't think a shaped charge is going to matter. And also, um, in SG One, it had to jump. The wormhole had to jump to a whole other fucking solar system. Mm, whereas true. in this episode, mm. we had the gate right next to the super gate. That's as far as it had to jump. You yeah. know, so it, it needed more energy because of the size of the super But it's gate. also the point of origin is a different in a different galaxy. Yeah, correct. Yeah. But obviously energy can just, you know, that doesn't matter like as far as energy traveling through the Stargate. Like it doesn't lose anything traveling through the Stargate. Yeah. But those explosions they had to calibrate so they didn't destroy the Stargate as well. Mm. Um, yeah. So that super gate is just going to sit there open to a black hole? Yeah. And it means, yeah, the the Uriah can't use it. So can they can they puddle jump to the Milky Way then? What do you mean? Well, the from pe- from Pegasus, you yeah, you get into a puddle jumper, you go towards that black hole, you go through that event horizon, you're in Milky oh, Way. Oh, I guess I guess if the puddle jumper can survive that close to, to the mm. um, black hole, I guess. It, I guess the time dilation will. Slow yeah. it down. And I guess at a certain at a certain point that Stargate is going to fall into the event horizon and be destroyed. And then that way the the, the, the supergate will shut down. But I guess it's But it could be years. It could be years, yeah, it could yeah. be decades, it could be anything. So it was a bit weird. I mean, I fucking love this episode, but it wasn't perfect. Like the size of that supergate changed dramatically from shot to shot. <laughs> like if you remember back in Beachhead each one of those segments came through the Stargate. Yeah. There was no way those motherfuckers were fitting through. Yeah. And then in uh, Camelot, at the end of last season, each Ori ship had to come through one at a time, and they basically took up the entire width mm. of the Supergate, whereas this thing's doing hot laps over the top of it in certain scenes. Mm. But then right at the end, when there's that awesome bit where the Kurush takes it out, it's suddenly almost taking up the entire Stargate. So it might have just been a f*** up in terms of perspective and we couldn't sort of tell from, from the yeah, screen. Yeah, that's but true. The, the size looked very, very different from shot to shot. Yeah, definitely. This, uh, the Alkesh, I was actually surprised the size comparison compared to the gate because I'm like, damn, that's huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I don't feel like... If you think about previous episodes, Alkesh compared to a cargo ship, like that's... Yeah, like Pretty they massive. they have those same same size windows. Yeah, and uh, and that wasn't it. that different. I didn't think. Imagine if in that kick-ass episode I love back in like season four or five. Remember when they had to? They were with Jacob and they had to beam the mine on board the cargo ship. And de- serpents venom. Oh, they, yeah, that's it. Imagine if they were in an Alcash instead, and they had all that room. They remember they imagine yeah. they emptied out an Alcash and just had a. We have so much room for activities. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then they would have had so much more room to defuse the bomb. 
Exactly. Yeah. I missed which Stargate they were talking about when uh, when Tilk and they said, oh, you know, cloak. And so he cloaks and like, guess get really close to the Stargate and you'll be able to cloak it too. And I'm like, that thing's fucking massive. <laughs> There's no way that ship's got enough power. And then I see the, like a tiny actual yeah. size star. I'm like, oh, right, 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 right. And then two minutes later, they're saying, wow, just you cloaking that star Stargate is like draining your power like crazy. So you got to turn off all non-essential. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, yeah. So like yeah. that never would have happened. Mm-hmm. Clearly him. Well, they can beam an entire building out. Yes. Yeah. Into space. Yeah. And then Tilk had to go radio silence and then SG-11 almost killed him by yeah. contacting him and being <laughs> like, um, can you do the thing? Can you let them? It was like that, um, the, the, the two towers reference all over. You remember when they did that in the episode? Uh, at the SG1 episode where he's like, oh, the Twilight mm. Bark. Oh, no, oh, yeah. Lord of the Rings where they, they light, <laughs> yeah, the, they light yeah. the thing. Mm. It was kind of the same. We are from the Pegasus Galaxy, contacted the SGC, mm. who then contacted SG11 in the Milky Way Galaxy, who contacted Teal'c in the Milky Way Galaxy, mm. who then contacted back to the Pegasus Galaxy through Mind that open wormhole. Yeah, yeah. That was cool. um, to I tell them that there was a wraith ship on its way, and that I think just trying to work out that I just kept forgetting where everybody was. Yeah, and because I'm like, oh, well, they can, you know, they have to be in the same gal. No, they haven't because they've got an open worm, but they get relayed. Right, okay, now yeah. it makes sense. But all of a sudden, like, there's just amazing visuals on my screen. I, I kept forgetting to take it in because I was yeah, trying yeah. to work and out. Then you're trying to the work pathway. out if it, whose episode this is. Yeah, as well. exactly. Yeah. I, honestly, every five minutes, I think that I thought that it was a yeah. different show. I just didn't sat there and just enjoyed the shit out of it yeah, like i didn't write so too many good. notes i just haven't sat there and enjoyed a stargate episode like yeah. that no, so I don't, long i don't think i have either and, and just, then and then there's amazing scenes where it's just daniel vala and we are just in a room just talking well i mean i wasn't gonna well there's an I mean, ancient sure <laughs> yeah i mean like, they, and they were they were good too but i just even early on i'm like i just miss seeing carter and mckay bicker yeah. Like that round table shit. And yeah, that like, was nice. they just She's like pick- McKay. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like so good. Yeah. It was, and I thought, if you only watch SG1, that's the McKay that you remember. Yeah. Mm. He hasn't changed. Whereas if you watch Atlantis, you go, no, I like him because he's like that. But if you're only watching SG1, you go, yeah, I still hate this guy. Like, yeah. it just, it, it worked. It worked whether you only watch SG1. Um, it works if yeah. you only watched Atlantis, I think. It's just a great and then he's- crossover. He's so weird because he comes over and he tells her about Grace under pressure. Yeah, yeah. It's, and it's kind <laughs> so of good. It's kind of sweet, but then he She's makes like, it real Ew. sleazy at the end. <laughs> I was and, naked, wasn't I? Partially, yeah, partially. And then he partially. just checks her. Out. Checks just gives her the up and down as he's walking away. And I to their he's cre- like, mm. to their yeah to their credit, I have like, something with dumb blondes. Like. Yeah, the show has had a problem with stuff like that. Um, but to their credit, it's like at no point did Sam at all find that charming ever, which yeah, I'm yeah. glad. I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad they didn't try to, Sam kind of just went, like, which, she was, you know, like, while well, aside from the, are you a partially naked? Like he was doing his best to go, no, no, no. Like me imagining you in the situation actually kept me alive because I needed your intelligence to help. Yeah. Even though it was my own intelligence, I needed someone who could think as well, if not better than me in that situation, who's had experience and to unlock that in me. So on a purely intellectual platonic level, you helped yeah. me. And she's but like, also I'm like, a creep. creep. Yeah, she, but she did also go, oh, Rodney, that's really nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then he stared too long. She's like, I was naked. The more, yeah, the more that he <laughs> talks, she's like, yeah, but. It's going to be too good to be true. And I love like, the fact that he specified yeah. partially. Yeah. Like yeah, in the same yeah. way when he was having that, that fight with Weir in her office. And she's like, you blew up a solar system. He's like, 
five eighths. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there was um, uh, remind me, I saw a meme. Um, you're telling me Julius Caesar, who has been dead for well over seventy years, made this salad, and the comments like. Technically, you aren't wrong with that number, but I just hate it. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, Julius Caesar has been dead for well over 70 years. Oh, well over. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, really? <laughs> really? So, so, yeah, I feel like Rodney's doing that. He's like, I was naked. She's like, I was naked, wasn't I? Partially. Yeah, partially. <laughs> partially. I couldn't yeah. see below the waterline. Yeah. But yeah. now that you're here. <laughs> I like it how she's like, pro- um, talking about the... the uh, Daniel scenes, mm. how the um the ancient who was hiding as the as the um hologram hologram Ganus mm. Lal, and she says the Proclarish Taonas was destroyed because of the sun, and he's like, yeah, I know that, I've been there. Yeah, um, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's so good. Nice callback to Lost City. Yeah, <laughs> just like. Such nice little touches. Yeah. But he just couldn't leave it alone. Mm. And, like, she just gave him the answer. Yeah. He's like, because I've forgotten that he said, like, before this rewatch, I'd forgotten that he said uh, Elizabeth tried to ask already. Yeah. Yeah. And then even as they're walking like, down the oh. stairs, she says it as well. I yeah. asked. Blah, blah, blah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, we checked, but there's nothing for that direct translation. And then. Yeah. And then once Vala's like, just ask Daniel, mm. which I was kind of like, just do it anyway. Cause yeah. yeah. Cause he actually, uh, the way he worded his question, maybe we wouldn't have yeah. worded hers like Maybe that she either. didn't say, oh, in old English and blah, yeah. blah, blah. You know, she could have just said, it, find me a planet called, um. Proclarish. Ta- I mean, no, no. Um. Vagan Bray. Vagan Bray, Castianos. Castianos, Sahal and Vagan Bray. Um, Yeah. So yeah. yeah, so we'd already been to Vagan Bray. That's where we were in. Yeah. So yeah, it was just Castial and Sahan. And she just gave him those. Yeah. And she's like, "Now can we drink some champagne?" He just couldn't let it go. And then the bit that I always remember about this episode is when Morgan Le Fay just looks directly. You got your answers, Daniel Jackson. Mm. Yeah, trust and you have like, your answers. <laughs> yeah, which you find out later on, he doesn't. She gave him the addresses. To those well, two. Don't spoil it. Yeah, no, but the, I'm not going to go any further. But she's like, "You have your answers, not really, because the answer that he actually needed is what she said at the end, right as she got pulled away." Yeah, and she's like, "It's not," and we'll talk about it when we when we eventually find out what she was going to say there. Mm. But yeah, she, she didn't actually give him the answers. But like I was saying back in Morpheus, we sort of touched on it. I would really like to know. When Daniel got on her radar, like has she been watching them the whole time? Was it the fact that when they went to Vagan Bray, maybe she's been keeping an eye on Vagan Bray because of what happened there, where she had to go and do the runner? Mm. She obviously didn't help anything there in terms of what was going on there. Yeah, she was happy for Daniel to die. Yeah. So then it's like, was it only one? Or did she send the hazmat team? Yeah. <laughs> or it's like... <laughs> Maybe that's my answer. Is is she only in the Pegasus Galaxy? Is she not looking in the Milky Way at all? And it's only yeah, because they got to the Pegasus Galaxy that she was like, oh, I'm keeping an eye on you. But she... Well, she knew Daniel. She, yeah, she knew Daniel. But it's like, she also knew about the threat of the Ori, and the Ori are no threat to the Pegasus Galaxy. At the moment, they're only a threat to the Milky Way. So, yeah, I, I would have loved to have spent more time understanding all that. And obviously, more... Well, than- yeah, I don't think the writers know because they're saying that the Ori are in their home galaxy. 
the ancients are in Milky Way and Pegasus. It's like it's supposed to be on a higher plane of existence and not geographic. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's right. Um, and then also it's hinted at in this because obviously they didn't like they set up very quickly that Morgan Le Fay was an enemy of Merlin's, and then very quickly in this episode they say. She's like, well, that was, uh, you know, that was... 10,000 um, years ago. 10,000 years ago. Like, you know. Yeah. You used, to, you used to not be friends with Apophis, and then you guys were friends for a while. You know, like, she's yeah. just like, things change, and then just move on. And I was like, oh, okay, all right. Mm. So, yeah, I definitely would love to know more about Morgan Le Fay's past. I think that yeah. was a missed opportunity mm. um, to find out more about her. And then, but I love that actress, too. She was in um, Life As We Know It, uh, a really short-lived show with the guy from... Um, uh, is she English? Never, ba- never back down. Um, no, she's Canadian. Yeah. Um, she played um, Ozzy Osbourne's daughter. What's her name? Kelly Osbourne. Uh, she played Kelly Osbourne's mother in uh, a show called Life as We Know It. And then oh. Craig Ferguson was her father. <laughs> it was so. It was, it's a good show, but weird. <laughs> yeah, I just like. I like that. <laughs> at the same time, there's a wraith coming to get us in Pegasus. Mm. There's an Ori ship coming to get Tilk. Actually, that's the only thing I was disappointed with. I'm like, why is why isn't Tilk here? Yeah, witnessing yeah. Atlantis too. You work just as hard, and the Bala's here, which yeah. is annoying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then, like, it's obviously a good reason. But you could have had Braytac or someone. Yeah, actually, that was in. Yeah, but I think exactly. cool, Tilk yeah. was low key the hero of this entire episode. Mm. Oh yeah, he basically single handedly destroyed both ships. Yeah, yeah. Without even so much as cracking a smile, like at the end, it wasn't like he's went. Well, oh, like good on you, Tilk. The only thing he didn't do is just listen to McKay and go or whoever, whoever said, "Get the hell away." I think it was from Carter. There. Carter, yeah, get the hell away from there. And he just goes, mm, "Just gonna see what happens." And yeah, then like- slowly goes goes away yeah. from the Stargate yeah. and it shoots up. Oh. dude, so good. <laughs> Yeah, and for a second, it's like, oh, you think just the blast from the gate is what's yeah. going to destroy the Ori ship, and then the Kawoosh happens, mm, and you're yeah. like, whoa. It didn't make sense. Why would they... They're not that dumb to go close to a Stargate. Well, they already were, and I I think the, <clears throat> the insinuation is that they could detect Teal'c, but they couldn't get a, a real, like, triangulation on him, so they were, like, flying around to try and, like, if they can get close enough to whatever this weird thing there is they're detecting, they'll be able to find it. So that's why they were, you know, the ship was flying around doing these weird things. Cause they're like, Wouldn't you go behind it? <laughs> Fair call. Fair call. Um, I mean, it was cool regardless, but it was just like, yeah. uh, you could have been anywhere except there and you would have survived. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess it's that thing of, like, you know, if you if you see a line of ants... And you're like, I'm going to step on these ants. You don't expect one of them to pull out a bazooka. Yeah, but if a bazooka's there, you wouldn't stand in front of a bazooka. Well, yeah, true, true. (laughs) Um, I mean, yeah, I admit I wouldn't let expect the ant to shoot the bazooka, but at the same time, I wouldn't stand in front of a bazooka. (laughs) Just in case. Yeah. But it was your bazooka. (laughs) It's your bazooka sitting on the ground. So you're like, it's fine. (laughs) Safety's on. Like, and then suddenly... But it's your bazooka. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the, the shit that I really love is when it gets real nitty gritty um, into details, because that's my jam. And it's like when Daniel is sort of probing Morgan Le Fay for questions and stuff like that, and she's still pretending to be the, the hologram, she says that line about how Dr. Weir was the first human to, yeah. set, to set foot on the Atlantis since mm. 
Well, if you make them watch Rising, that's not true, Ellen. <laughs> um, Colonel Sumner was the first one through. Weir was like fourth or fifth. They, they sent a, a tactical team through first, and then Elizabeth went through. But then a few months later, in Before I Sleep, she mm. went back 10,000 years. Yeah. So she was the first human to yeah. set foot on the Atlantis uh, base mm. after yeah. the, after. So I'm like, that's fucking cool. That's all wrapped up in a neat <laughs> but little bow. Yeah, she, she didn't say a specific date, did she? Well, she um, said something about the exposition, expedition. Uh, yeah, Elizabeth, Dr. Elizabeth Weir was the first human to set foot on the base. She might have said after the evacuation. Which is still true because it's all, still true yeah, because all the Atlanteans in, evacuated and Elizabeth and she stayed was behind in stasis. to masturbate with the ZP, ZZPMs. <laughs> yeah, we've always said that. Yeah, in a in a dirty wig. <laughs> um, yeah, so like I just love shit like that. But then they did miss a few things um, when the Odyssey is approaching Atlantis. When you see it in space, it's right because you know how the like the Dedos class ships have you know the little turtle shell. And the weird little structure up on sort of the, the the back left, which Jacob was telling me apparently that's where the bridge is up in like their left hand drive apparently, which I hate. I hate that idea. I want it mm. to be. I want it to be at the, at tip, the nose. tip of the dick. That's where I want it to be. God yeah. Yeah. That's where I thought it was. Well, it's, there's no sort of official thing, but apparently a lot of people are saying that's where it is up in this little tower up on the left. I don't like um, it. I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it either. <laughs> um... So, yeah, so you see it like that when it's in space, but then when you cut to the scene where you see it, like, flying through the clouds approaching Atlantis, mm. they've mirrored the image. So that little tower thing is now on the right-hand side of the turtle shell. Mm. Uh. So they've that up, and <laughs> then when you see the, the Odyssey releasing the Stargate, mm. that Stargate only has six glyphs on it that repeat. Oh. And one of them is the Earth Point of Origin. Oh, so it only has no. six glyphs. And then the same six glyphs again. And then the same six glyphs again. What? I've never noticed that. I just read it in the trivia. Hmm. Um, but and I was that's like... that's a CGI gate. Just a CGI gate. Hmm. Which is so weird because the, I thought the shot was a reuse from Exodus when Carter blows up the sun. Because it's virtually identical. Hmm. The gate, you know, is released by docking clamps. Yeah, that one, and then that one has had the a little... force field around it, it. Oh, yeah. But you could have added that in post. It could have yeah. been a reuse and then added that in post. Yeah. But even like you had the little stabilizer rockets and stuff like that, and it just flew towards. Was it a was it a Pegasus gate? No, because um, Od- Odyssey wouldn't have had access to that. It was a it was a Milky Way gate. Huh? Because it would have been a Milky Way gate calling a Milky Way gate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which I guess isn't an issue because the Pegasus gate in Atlantis calls the yeah, Earth gate. But that's it has a special crystal. Yeah, it's got a special crystal. So. Um, mm, interesting. Yeah. But I guess it would have had to have been an eight Chevron address as well. Actually, that's interesting. What did they use as the yeah, point of origin? Dial? What did they use as the point of origin? Mm. They were at a black hole. Oh, no. I've poked a hole in it. No! <laughs> no! <laughs> maybe, it's, maybe it's just something that has a ma- enough mass to be Look, they clarified u- as a They, they used Baal's stuff to reprogram the gate to be <laughs> whatever they want it. When Baal was going to make his own little little subgroup of his own little gate network, he yeah, was going to reprogram go. them anyway. They used that stuff. They used Avenger. <laughs> yeah. Well, next week, we'll talk about that. Oh, really? Well, they talk about collecting space gates. Oh. Oh, in Insiders. Oh. In Sorry, in Atlantis. Oh. Yeah. 
interesting. I haven't, yeah, I haven't, I haven't gone ahead to that one. And you know what that means. Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> we joked about like not knowing at times which show this episode belonged to if you were just sort of immersed in it. But very early on, it's very clear whose show it is. Because I don't think I've ever seen the Atlantis staff, crew, whatever, all dress up as much as they did in this mm. episode. Everybody's wearing their official we wear. We had a jacket zipped all the way up. She, she got a big Atlantis patch she on her She wasn't running around in her red turtleneck. Oh, yep. yeah. Um, mm, everyone's wearing what flag, that, you know, what country that mm. they're Imagine representing. Imagine that. They would be like, SG-1's coming. It's like, holy shit. That's what I thought. They're, they're dressed yeah. like the B-Boys are coming over for yeah. dinner. It's just like, it's we're, kind of we're guys are on here. Fucking SG-1, man. Roll out yeah. the carpet. Sorry. So, um, yeah, I'm like, oh, that's kind of cute. It's like, good. these guys are getting the bigger budget. You know, they're the sort of, they're the, they're the new guys in town sort of thing. But also it's like, oh, legacy blokes over here. Yeah. All right. Well, it was also too, William Waring, the director in the commentary, he said, this was his, he's never shot for, I believe he said he's never shot for Atlantis before. This was his first time. So he's like, he shot it a little differently. Like he used a, a little bit wider angle lens yeah, right. and he filled it more with people and did those long, like there's an amazing long shot where, you know, my my favorite trio, Daniel Valer and we are like, they walk down the stairs and come around the corner and walk down to the hologram room and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And he's like, William Waring was like, well, you know, it's a big giant set. It's beautiful. You know, you populate it with all these people. So, so it looks like busy and full and yeah. yeah. So obviously, yeah, adding all people it in It does there. look different to mm. yeah. an Atlantis episode. Yeah. Yeah, it was beautiful. Like that shot we were talking about before where- Did they paint the set? Because it looks kind of different. It looked the same. I know there's a joke later in the season where they talk about that. Well, no, Shepard said it. Oh, no, no. I'm, I know there's an actual joke later on about um, with The Return, like the, the mid-season finale. Oh, yep. Um, there's a joke there about painting and stuff, but yeah, it, it looked the same to me. So yeah, yeah maybe it was I just, yeah, the way it was shot. But that scene, I've never seen that shot before. The spot where Cam and John were sort of standing on that little sort of little knobbly sort of bridge bit mm. looking out over the side. We've never seen the gate, the gatrium, you know, mm. from that angle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah coming out of the of the conference room and mm. stuff like that. So And even just to relay to someone like me who's uh, you know if you're watching it for the first time as it was coming out live to the hey how big is this you know mm. like, you're like oh we've barely scratched this percentage and Yeah they like, what did she say half? Yeah it's like we've in we've, almost two two and three two and a half yeah, years. Yeah. yeah and I love that. I was like no you know not that we see you go exploring rooms and buildings and sections of the city every week on SGA or anything like that but the idea that yeah you have been there for that long and it's still so big shit's yeah. going on between episodes behind the scenes in you know we're nowhere near we may never do that you know all the systems that are in place we may never figure yeah. all this out in our lifetimes and actually that just reminded me I forgot about it last week so obviously there's the balcony scene where it's it's weird Valor and Daniels the dream team out on the balcony <laughs> having a chat <laughs> Uh, and they have to obviously have to give the dream you... teams on the ship, bro. <laughs> <laughs> nah, this is my dream team. This is my dream team. This is my wet dream team. I mean, I love Daniel. This is my wet dream team. My my, you know, I just three of them just going at it. That'd be. Whew. I mean, I'd watch it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, uh, just weird brings in a ZZPM as well. 
It's actually a four. John. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. He's oh, no. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, hold on. I, I actually got one for you. Hold on. Oh, you don't. John. <laughs> That's when she's finished. Yeah. Um, John, get so, out of my room. <laughs> so obviously, when they're out on the balcony, it's they, you know, it's it's an interior for exterior kind of situation. They have to make it look like it's outside. That's the way they shoot it. They they you know get a fan to get a bit of wind in people's hair and stuff like that. Last week, they did a scene with. Uh, Colonel uh, Caldwell, Colonel Caldwell, and Richard Woolsey mm. were out on the balcony. <laughs> They're bald, and then they wheeled out the fan and <laughs> turned it on. And the director went, "I don't think we're going to need that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get a scarf on Woolsey or something? <laughs> <laughs> Have that blown around." Uh, and then obviously we've got to talk about it, Brendan. The bigger thing at the end, what does Cam suggest to get us away from the wormhole? Oh, sorry, the black hole? A slingshot. I know. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking that exact yeah. same thing. He does that in Farscape. That's yeah, his, just wait. Oh, right. That's just his wait famous. Till we get to Farscape in five years, Mitchell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. And, uh, and you'll get slingshot. that. Slingshot. Slingshot maneuver. That's what the uh, Farscape program's doing. Yeah. Slingshot. Cool. Yeah, that's how the so, whole, yeah, whole was, show starts. Yeah. It's nice for him to say, suggest a slingshot. Mm. I was expecting him to draw it. The formula yeah, out on yeah, the ground, yeah. <laughs> like he does in Farscape. It's fun looking at the either interpretation or the animation of a black hole from you know two thousand six, two thousand and seven, where it, it it was more like a drain mm. because yeah, rather than just sort of like disappearing into like yeah, it was going down. It was yeah, it was sinking yeah. down. Like which a lot of the nerds online are saying that's not how that works. There's no three dimensions to no, it. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, Is yeah, it yeah. Like it just sort of like goes around and then just like we don't know. Yeah, you know, like it's um, just... but apparently William... Christopher Nolan would have done like that, Matty. You know, <laughs> so, God, yeah, no. well, William Waring, to his credit, the director, he was actually one that pointed out. Apparently, in the past, like with the the replicator episodes and stuff like that, they made the black holes white or whatever it is. Mm. William Waring specifically requested that it had a blue tinge to it because apparently the science behind it is in terms of the way humans perceive like the visual spectrum or whatever, mm. blue blue light particles or whatever are actually the last things to be destroyed by a black hole or whatever. So to the human eye, black hole accretion disk, obviously we can't see the black hole itself, but the accretion disk should be predominantly blue because that's the last things that are being destroyed by the black cool. hole, apparently. From what I our, didn't... our eyes perceive. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, from the, yeah, from the human. Like obviously a dog would see it different. Oh, you Obviously, I've been talking a lot lately about... And Asgard would see the the um, The red or the yellow, yeah. yeah. Uh, I've been getting all, all my information from TikTok lately. Apparently, there's this new thing. Because dogs and cats see in different spectrums, there's filters that can do that on TikTok for you. And it's like, if you buy a dog, like, a red ball and, like, throw it in the grass, we as humans can see the difference. Dogs see it all Some as... The, as <laughs> yeah. Dogs see it all as the same color. So mm. it's like, you actually might be better off buying your dog a yellow ball for the green grass or whatever. But then apparently with cats, they've been putting them in, in rooms where like, you know how you can get like your LEDs and stuff now that change color yeah. and they're putting them to blue. And apparently cats are like losing their minds because that actually shifts better to their light spectrum. Uh-huh. So they can see everything so much clearer yeah. and better. So it's like if you're in in a room with your cat and you have blue LEDs, suddenly these cats are getting like real, like up close to their owners and like rubbing up against really? them. Oh my God, I can see you for the first time. Wow. Then, yeah. I don't know how much of it's true, but yeah. it's it's fun to watch yeah, when you're lying in bed at 11 o'clock. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know, scrolling doom away. scrolling. Hang on. These aren't the pussies I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs>
Google, you should know me by now. <laughs> <laughs> Damn algorithm. <laughs> um, before we go, there's a couple of little bits of audio I need to play. Uh, one is this, just because I need to jerk off to something later. So just um, <laughs> play this for me. I love it so All much. Right. It's a little long, but I, I'll need I that time. I do. I mean, I understand the fine line you have to walk. I realize the risk you're taking just showing yourself. But I'm sorry, I want more. You can pass it on to your friends as well. Yeah, I know you're listening because I am getting sick of hidden clues and cryptic messages. And Merlin was right that the Ori are a threat. But not only to us lowers, not only to the billions of human lives throughout this galaxy, but to your own existence. Because when this war is over, and every soul that's left alive is praying to the Ori, feeding their need to be worshipped, you know who they're going to come for next. I won't pretend to know what that war will look like or on what battlefield it will take place, but then I, I won't be alive to see it. Oh, yeah. It's so good. good. That's classic Daniel James. I'm yeah. wet. Like, there's moisture. That is so <laughs> f***ing good. When you throw your own mortality into it like that, but it's like, no, I, I care beyond me dying. Yeah. yeah. It's not like, oh, I'm going to die, and then well, the rest of the galaxy and universe can go root itself. Like, I love... I love speeches like that. Yeah, and he's, yeah. Basically, he's basically saying, bitch, you're next. Yeah. yeah. If you don't help us here... She knows that. Yeah. Yeah, but it's obviously, you know, the ancients and their rules mm. and, all, and all that kind of thing. Mm. So, uh, and then... It's I dead. love it how he's like, and I know you're all listening. Yeah. Like, we know. <laughs> you all know me. You've all seen me naked. You yeah. pervs, yeah. 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 Um, and yeah, and then I love the fact that, you know, the, the devastation at the end where... He convinced her. He talked her around. She went to help and they yanked her away. Mm. Yeah. And just that deflation where they're all just like. Mm. And then Daniel's like. <sighs> She's like, what are, are they going to punish her? I don't know. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> don't pretend you do. Like, yeah. He just doesn't want to feel guilty that he killed her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely. He could have just walked away with those two gator dresses yeah. and be happy. But yeah. He killed her. Come back yeah. and ask you in another day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's off in the Omen Dasala room now. Basically. Yeah, totally. Just, <laughs> she's, um, she's fighting with Anubis as well. And then I feel bad because this episode was written by Brad Wright, the all the all mighty powerful Brad Wright. I gave Cooper a lot of shit for it the other week with his liberal use of the term. Literally, mm. I feel like this one's not too bad, but I feel like I'm not being fair if I don't bring it up. Okay. Against a gravity well this strong, they've literally got the higher ground. Like, I get it from a gravity point of view. Yeah. But that's still figurative, isn't it? Yeah. I wouldn't say that's literal well, high ground. I guess ground. it's relative. Yeah, but it's like, if if I'm standing at the bottom of a hill and you're standing at the top of a hill, we're both still... On a hill. On a hill, in the same <laughs> amount of gravity. I have the high ground. Yeah, but we're in the same amount of gravity. But it's like, if I'm at the bottom of the hill and you're at the top of the hill, but you're in... 10 times more gravity than I, oh, I'm in 10 times more gravity than you are. Mm. Do I suddenly have the high ground or do I have literal yeah. high ground? Do I have, or do when I have, when she said that, I just kind of let that one go through the, to the keeper. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I was I, just like, look, Ugh. I, I should have left it, <laughs> yeah. but I just thought to be a little more impartial. I just had to bring that up. Uh, respectful. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, yeah. She didn't have to say literally. Yeah. She could have said relatively. Yeah. Everyone knows Time and, and gravity is and space is relative. Carter loves to talk about relativity. She as loves well. it. <laughs> so. Yeah, she shouldn't say literally. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing I had was um, in the scene where 
uh, Cam like first sees the accretion disc and he's like, "It's cool," which is cool. Yeah, he actually spikes the lens twice in that scene. So after he has the face to face with McKay mm. and goes, "Which is cool," and then kind of turns and rolls his eyes. Uh. He's supposed to be looking towards Emerson mm. back on the bridge, but he totally spikes the lens and Whoops. kind of breaks the fourth wall uh, as if right. he's looking at the audience going, McKay. <laughs> and then he goes and stands behind Emerson to, to Sam and then she says something and then he looks back across and spikes the lens again. Oh, no. It's like, oh. He's watching too much David Brent right. in the office. <laughs> 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 but yeah, love it. So good. 10 out of 10. Yeah, that's the only plot hole is what's the point of origin from that yeah. black hole, which kind of is shit. Mm. But maybe you're right. Maybe they use some. Maybe they figured out how uh, the Ori did it. True. Or what? No, there was a planet near the black hole. Was there? Well, that's where the planet that, that Vala was on. That's what I thought. Then they used that gate as the point of origin. The planet Vala was on. Yeah, in the in the um, Ori galaxy. It was like supposed supposed they were going to destroy that planet or something. Yeah, but we're not in the Ori galaxy in this episode. We're in the Pegasus and we're in the Milky Way. Yeah, but that's what they the Ori used that planet as the point of origin to get to the Milky Way. Oh, so you're saying the black Easy. hole in the Pegasus galaxy, there could have been a planet there. There could have been. Yeah, right. That'd I'm be convenient. That very, very convenient. Yeah, because obviously the Ori would have forcibly destroyed that planet to create a black hole, mm. whereas this would have had to have been a naturally occurring black hole yeah. that they know had a had a planet with a Stargate address on it. <laughs> Stargate on it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Nah, they just used the Baal stuff and rewrote it. It's fine. I'm happy with that. The Asgard <laughs> did it for them when they were when they were yeah. ferrying Woolsey yeah. and, and um, we are yeah. back last week. Mm. They went, here's the math on how to rewrite that, so you can. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. Don't even need a point of origin anymore. Yeah. No. Get into geek. Get into gate. Get into gate. Stargate podcast. Get into it now before it's too late.